welcome Eddie, welcome to the Five Ways to Wellbeing podcast. Thank you Luke, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm, the, I'm normally the man behind the scenes and now I'm in front, in, the ca- in front of the cameras <laughs> and uh, in front of the microphone, so yeah, no, pleasure. Well it's a great, great pleasure to bring you from, from behind the scenes to, to the front of the scene and you know, I'm, I'm glad to have you as a guest on this podcast because you know, I think you, really, you talk really honestly about mental health and that's what I want this podcast to be about for our listeners is having frank conversation uh, about such an important topic. And, you know, why don't we start by just say, asking you, you know, why is mental health an important topic for you? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a simple question, but at the same time, such a complex answer, isn't it? Um, it's super, super important to me because I guess, you know, if you don't have a healthy kind of mental health well-being um for me especially things can just go wayward right i might not be able to function as as what i'd like to um uh you know relationships might be strained if i if i'm Mm. not really in a mental kind of space that i want to be in um but overall you know i think as I've gotten older, I've sort of realised the importance of, of mental health. You know, you, when you're growing up, you don't really think about it as much. And I guess, you know, speaking generation, generation, generationally, mm. is that the right word? Um, when I think about how mental health is kind of perceived with my own family, you know, growing up in a Filipino kind of background, we're not one to talk about feelings and how we're, you know, emotions mm. and stuff. Um, but I think as I've sort of grown up and been exposed to um, different perspectives on mental health, it's definitely something that's resonated a lot more with me. Um, you know, you, you reflect back on pivotal moments and you think, oh, if only I was able to talk about it, right? Um, so that's why it's super important to me, yeah. Yeah, and, and looking at how outcomes could be different with good conversation. And, yeah. you know, thank you for sharing about your your experiences of of your culture that you grew up in okay. because you know that that's, that's important too because we need to educate each other uh, I think with mental health so whether we suffer from a mental health condition or just talking about our experiences from our maybe socio-economic background mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful uh, for the conversation and you, you mentioned that you know family is a, a, a huge lens for you that you you view your life through and you know you talked about getting older and for you, part of getting older was having a little girl. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, has your has your view changed now as as a father that you want the world to be a better place than it was when you were growing up? Yeah, I definitely say so. You know, um, I think when you become a parent, things obviously shift in your life, perspectives, priorities, and stuff, and. You know, I spoke about my upbringing, being in a Filipino kind of family where I guess, you know, like I said, don't really talk about mental health as much as, as we should. Um, and, you know, as a result, sometimes you keep things in and, you know, we all know that can sort of burst and stuff. Um, and yeah, you know, it's made me the way I am today, but I guess becoming a father you kind of want the best for your child, right? Um, so me being 
Lana's dad, I want to be able to have that environment where she can grow up knowing that mental mental health is something that's super important in our family, you know. Mm. And it's not just my perspective, it's also my other half's um perspective. Um and I've I've got to give it to her. She <laughs> she she made me see the light around the whole kind of um wanting to bring up Lana in a in an environment where it's okay to talk about stuff, even if you're scared to, you know. And, you know, at Consali we talk all about psychological safety. Mm. Um and I think that's super relevant for how we're going to be bringing up Lana for example we want her to feel safe to come to us even if she you know has done something incredibly wrong or whatever um we want her to know that she's in a space that she can come to us and talk openly about anything and everything um and as a result you know we hope that her mental health will be will be great because of it you know mm. um because when you think about when I, well, especially when I think about when I was um, growing up, I I didn't have that space. Um, arguably, it's gone a little bit better now. You know, I'm able to speak to my parents about a few things here and there. Um, but you know, you, you always think, what if I had that environment when I was growing up? You know, um, how different would things be? But at the same time, um, knowing what I didn't have makes me want to create it for for my daughter mm. yeah well that's a good progression Le- learning yeah. from learning from your experiences exactly. but, but but like a cold reflective cycle there of your <laughs> it is <laughs> your experience as a as a youth and, and you yeah know, how do i put this into action uh, and you know create a world that's more of more improved uh, for your daughter which is, yeah which is lovely no totally man it's a uh, I guess yeah, I know. It's an, not to plug it in, but it is an outcome <laughs> of the masters. You know, would never, would never have reflected on stuff like this before. Um, but it's definitely opened my eyes up to see, you know, what's what's sort of important and what I want for for Lana growing up. Mm. Yeah. And I, you know, I believe it. It starts with showing your vulnerability, and mm. you know, obviously, we talk about sales too. You know, for me in sales, that's really important is to show the the buyer that you are imperfect. Mm-hmm. And, and and that sort of for, in my experience that's fostered that environment of trust mm. with uh with buyers because they 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 can see my vulnerability and um i've always been that way with mental health because it's uh it's a way of showing people that you you, you do have a few chinks in your armor mm-hmm. uh, but you can i think you can really help people from that position of, of vulnerability yeah no i agree i think um you know, we talk about it here all the time about the four sales mindsets and how authenticity is one of them. Um, if we're thinking about it from a sales perspective, I'm I'm more likely to, you know, I, I get sold to every day. Mm. <laughs> you know, people kind of sliding into the DMs on LinkedIn about this, that, and the other. Um, but you know, I'm more receptive to someone who's going to be honest and frank about you know things and can, like you say, show that sense of vulnerability because um, it shows that you're human I guess you know when we're in a buyer-seller relationship especially from my side as a buyer you, you want that kind of human kind of interaction don't you mm. so, so yeah it's valuable I appreciate that the um, the five ways to well-being mm. so <laughs> the five ways to well-being to, to introduce them to people that don't know you know uh, Consalia have picked this concept up in the last couple of years um and it's been it's been our way of uh, 
talking about mental well-being. Uh, and the reason we've done that is, is it's so simple. Um, I've always thought it's important for us not to come across as offering any form of medical advice. Mm. And in fact, actually, not even come from a position of authority at all. Um, our role, as I see it, is just to get professionals in an environment where they talk about their experiences. And that might be a way that people either learn uh, new techniques or maybe learn from you today, Eddie, or when they listen to this podcast. Um, and then they might choose to put it into practice. Yep. So it's that sort of, not even a suggestion or advice, it's purely your experience and your <laughs> story, which I think is quite powerful. Yeah. So the, the first way to well-being that I'm going to talk about with you, Eddie, is be active. <laughs> um, you're really into your CrossFit, yeah, you'd say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, uh, I, I see all of your protein bars in the fridge at work. Um, yeah, always making yeah. sure you're getting the right macros in. I think that's the right technical term. That is, that is. I've, <laughs> I've, no, I know I've explained it to you well. If you're reciting it back to me, <laughs> I've clearly worked at Consalia long enough to to know the lingo on myprotein.com or where, nice. you know, where, wherever yeah. you buy from, Eddie. But good stuff. Good stuff, man. <laughs> nice. But you know, it, I always think it's easy to to to, to be active in, in in fair weather situations because a lot of us do have that as a hobby but you know what role does your let's say your crossfit what role does that play when you're going through a challenging time at work so let's say you're under pressure yep. you're dealing with deadlines How, what role does it play then um so i think well first and foremost uh five ways to well-being luke great initiative to bring that to, to casalia i think it's Definitely something that we want to keep talking about for sure uh, amongst the uh, the sales community. Um, but when it comes to you know being active with CrossFit and how that fits into my world, I think I'm you know I I come into the office regularly, mostly you know nine to six every day. Um, so arguably, I'm spending most of my time at the office than I am at home. Obviously, that's. That's, um, I think that's the same for, for most people who are working um, in you know, office jobs and stuff. And when you're in that environment where you're working constantly and, you know, I'm sure it is the same for other places, but sometimes you can feel like you're going nonstop, nonstop. Um, especially in like the profession that we're in, like sales and marketing. There was, there's always things to do. There's always targets to reach, et cetera. Um, Sometimes you can feel like you're getting closed. Well, especially for me, I feel like sometimes I'm getting closed in in that environment the longer I stay. So arguably I should be working from home a little bit more. Um, <laughs> but but when it comes to actually stepping foot into the CrossFit gym that I go to, um, it's like this whole sense of relief where I can just kind of, I don't know, take out I wouldn't say frustrations because I, I I really get frustrated but it's it's a nice release from the everyday right you know for, for about eight hours I'm staring at a screen looking at graphs and charts and you know editing videos and and podcasts etc I'll probably be editing this as well you know um but when I'm in the gym in the CrossFit gym, um, and I'm 
lifting the weights, doing some burpees, you just forget about everything, right? You get into that mode where like actually this this is it's such a different feeling to what I was feeling an hour before I got to the gym, right? Um and I think that's that's so important for us to do. You know, I was speaking to my other half about it recently and although like it might take up a bit of time in the evening, um it's actually so important for us to do so that we kind of bring ourselves back to that kind of health, healthy mental well-being state. Hmm. Um, you know, there's once there was once a time where I, I didn't go for a whole week. I can't remember why that was. I don't know if I was just injured or something. But then you have your everyday stresses, um, which can sometimes feel nonstop. And if you don't have that release, especially in, in my kind of, um, from my perspective, you just feel like everything's a lot more overwhelming. So it's like a nice little break from from the everyday that I feel that, you know, especially works for me, for sure. Yeah, I see that. So I see yeah. A change of scenery seems to be so important. It's uh, to be an active might take us to a to an actual different physical location. And that might have its in itself some psychological benefits. Yeah. To, yeah. To, to give us a, a variety in life that without being active, we wouldn't go to let's say the cricket field or the football pitch mm-hmm. or we wouldn't go to the, the CrossFit gym. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I'm sure we'll connect to some of the, the other um, um, areas that you want to talk about. But, you know, I think what what's so great about the, the kind of CrossFit gym is, is the community, the people that partake with you. Um, you know, you have different relationships that you form um, as a result of being in, at a CrossFit gym and you know you talk to all various types of people from different walks of life and you learn more about them and again I think it's you know as I'm talking about it, it's it's a nice little break from the mm. everyday kind of routine you're talking and learning about people and what they're up to what they're doing you find out what makes them interesting um but I think overall you're you're creating that relationship. You're connecting with other people, and I'm sure that's something we'll we'll talk about as well. Um, but but yeah, it's it's great. It, is, it really is. It really is great. One one of the things I've learned in in mental health is that we can really combat our issues by getting out of yourself. Mm. So uh, a lot of people are. are, are are taught to be alert to their issues mm-hmm. or to be alert to the conditions perhaps that they suffer with and to learn more about them. But in, in my experience, and this comes from having a lot of therapy and having different psychiatrists over the years and also going through spiritual development too, is that I found actually by focusing on other people, um, that takes me away from my problems. And I think you get that when you go to CrossFit particularly as you've just talked about, you know, you get a chance to meet different people and understand what's going on in their life. And, you know, it kind of brings us on to that importance of connecting with people, which is uh, the second way that I want to talk about. So, you know, I guess the question to you, Eddie, is in the the context of connect, um, which is quite simply connecting with other people, um, whether that's in person or online or on the telephone, you know, why, why is that important to you? And 
how do you do that how do you make time to connect with others yeah i mean it's it's super interesting because you i think especially in my in my world i guess um i'm constantly talking to people and you know i am making the connections with with people you know if i'm talking to um third party suppliers you know from work perspective or if i'm talking to xyz at the crossfit gym um it feels for me and i don't know if it's because of my my personality you know i i, I love to talk to people i need to I, I feel like i love learning about about people um but it gives me that that kind of human connection that i i guess i crave i think we all crave some form of human connection um in in a way um and when i you know when i arrive home for example um i'm connecting with with my other half um mm. talking about our day you know um maybe something's happened with with lana um you know, maybe she's not sleeping right i mean she's not sleeping right at the moment you know <laughs> we'll connect on that we we'll think okay we're going through this together but you know the underlying message there is that we're we're connecting as as humans and you know getting through a particular situation or whatever um but even connecting with people at work you know i, I remember when i started at at consalia it was at the very start of covid um so i'd start for a company <laughs> hadn't met anyone was working remotely and um i'm normally the kind of guy just to just get on with it you know that, that's that's what i do um but there's all there was always a sense of ah i wish i could meet these guys in in person you know and again i think it goes back to the whole the whole craving of a human connection a human interaction um i want to be able to laugh with someone i want to be able to quiz someone i want to be able to talk to someone um because i think it all comes back to that mental health well-being stage or state that you you know you want to be in um so so yeah <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong there there are days where it gets super busy in the office and at the end of it you don't want to talk to anyone <laughs> but it's like it's like when you go to the gym for the first time you're trying to like push yourself to like just make the first step as soon as you start talking to someone in especially in my shoes whilst it, it's you know quite quite difficult and you might not want to do it once you start doing it the feeling's great you know again you're connecting with someone um so yeah i think it's super super important and I, I think there's also an invaluable benefit of connecting with your colleagues like you mentioned mm. like sometimes those just you know what from a let's say from a perspective of commercial acumen <laughs> would be pointless yeah you know you, I, I shouldn't come in on a tuesday and not start work till ten thirty because we're talking about what i made for dinner last night <laughs> or yeah. you know <laughs> what lana's sleep pattern is at the moment you know but i think there's a huge benefit of that and i i, I feel that the way you connect with people so my experience of you is that we have a better relationship at work hmm. um one that's more trusted and then you then start to get the business benefits from it yeah you know so i think that we have a very transparent, direct relationship too, so we can get things done quicker. Mm -hmm. 
because that relationship exists. Yeah. There's no beating around the bush. Um, but when it comes to when we want to do our social time, let's have that as well because I really enjoy it. And yeah. it, it's, it, without that, I, my, my mental well-being wouldn't be as good at work. Uh, yeah. If I couldn't have those, what I will label sort of as pointless conversations. Yeah. But they're pointless conversations that have so much meaning. Oh, yeah, of course. In, 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 in terms of mental well-being. And I think there's that, that maybe that's why it, there's, there's issues in the world um, mm. with mental well-being because people don't look at it in an abstract way. Yeah. Perhaps they mm. look at it too clinically. They're like, right, why are you spending the first hour in work talking about the, the beef goulash you made last night. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> but, I'll wait for the recipe for, yeah. yeah. And, and like, from a commercial perspective, I can, see, I can see exactly why that's pointless. Yeah. But then from an abstract perspective, I can see why that, think that has so much meaning yeah. in the connections that you make with each other. No, of course. I think it goes back to what I was saying before, you know, it's, it's that little break from the everyday, you know. I could be, I could be head down... Um, about an hour or so reading something or whatever and I'll, I'll need that break and talking to you about your your beef goulash <laughs> amazing <laughs> it was it's just the break i needed you know um but i feel like you know having those kind of i guess you can call them like water cooler conversations mm. right it's they're, they're super informal and it just takes you away for that brief moment to kind of almost have a, a little recharge you know, um, <laughs> I liken it to uh, an iPhone battery. You know, we're, we come to the office, maybe we're at 95%, we'll work for an hour, probably get to like 75. But the point being, when I'm talking to you over like a water cooler conversation, I recharge myself back up to 90%. So I can go even further, you know. Um, but that's, that's, that's why it's so important, the, you know, the little breaks that we have to connect with our work colleagues um invaluable super invaluable and how, how important are those breaks now that you're undertaking a master's and <laughs> i know it's a stressful time yeah. it's stressful for anyone to undertake a master's but yep. one of the five ways to well-being is learn yeah so tell me how much you love doing the master's <laughs> and how it's improving your mental well-being Ah, uh, I wish I could have more of those breaks then. To be honest, <laughs> um, no, I think I think undertaking a master's when you know you're you're driving a a, a business function forward, you know, heading up marketing, etc. You've got uh, a daughter that's turning eighteen months soon. It is a lot, you know. The master's is no no easy thing to to conquer. It's not an, an overnight thing. I think we all we all kind of know that. Um, but I've always kind of looked at it as a journey, a journey of, of learning, you know, and very rightly so this is part of the, the five ways to well-being because I think especially in my world where things in marketing change week to week, day to day, you know, you've got to constantly kind of, um, be on the ball. Um, and again, not another plug for the masters, but it's teaching me how to kind of reflect in the moment or on moments that, that have occurred. Um, but there's also a sense of like, I don't know what the word is. So say for example, I handed in my module two assignment 
last Sunday. No, Sunday before last. Um, and when I reflected on the actual task of putting the assignment together and, you know, we we all know it's 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 all kind of work-based learning um, assignments that you do. When I'm reflecting on it, I'm thinking, actually, wow, I've learned so much about myself, the company I work for, the challenges we're facing. Um, and just submitting that assignment, you know, you, you feel a sense of relief. I think in the moment when you're putting the assignment together, obviously it's go, go, go. <laughs> you know, there's, there's something there about the, the, the attainment of a goal. So exactly. What, what's, the, what's the top of Maslow's pyramid? The self-actualization. Self-actualization. Is yeah. there a bit, of, a bit of that in there? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, obviously it's, it's one module out of seven. You know, it's, it, that in itself is a journey, trying to get through all the modules. But um, knowing that what I've done has, um, <coughs> I guess you could say, helped me along my journey in, in terms of being at Consalia, but also my own general understanding for business as a whole or sales and marketing as a whole incredibly invaluable um i'm i'm in that mode where i'll, I'll you know i want to learn more i want to keep learning more and i think that gives me a drive um from a mental health point of view to to kind of keep going and you know when i'm when i'm invested in um that gives me a lot of uh, psychological safety actually uh, as an employee, as an individual, and that helps my mental well-being. I, you know, I, I really felt that. Um, for example, when I worked at Royal Mail, when they mm -hmm. were uh, funding my apprenticeship, mm -hmm. uh, it certainly does help. Uh, it makes you feel that you are invested in, um, and it made me feel like I had a real purpose, or I had a real inherent value that I was uh, an individual that uh, the, the company wanted to invest in, and. Um, what about the, the serotonin levels when you got your first uh, first grade back for the masters? You got you got a decent grade, right? Yeah, yeah. I got um, what did I get? I think I got merit, um, which I wasn't really expecting. I guess you can never really know what you're gonna what you're gonna get in your first uh, module of the masters. Um, but if you know, bringing it back to like the whole mental health um, kind of perspective, I've always said that you know. Through this learning process, module one has arguably been one of the more kind of transformative ones for me. Um, I know we all, we we focus on transformation as a whole and and whatnot, and there's obviously some commercial perspectives to that. But it was one of the it was one of the uh, the moments in my life where. You know, I, t I spoke about my family, about not having that kind of environment where we talk about whatever and anything, right? Um, but as part of that module, I was able to speak to my parents about certain things that we'd never spoken about before. Mm. And hearing about their perspectives and their answers to some of the questions I asked that I've probably had in my head since I was little was one of the most fulfilling things in my life. You know, you get that sense of um, peace almost. So from a mental health well-being perspective, it, I can't, like, it's hard to put into words. Um, 
<laughs> very hard to put into words, but you know, we sat in this very room. I, I hooked them up to the microphones that we're speaking on today. Yeah. Uh, granted, they didn't really know that they had to speak into the microphone. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I've always said, you know, the, the moment I got my grade back, obviously I'm, I was super happy. Um, but it went one step further than that and that it gave me peace, um, which, are, you know, invaluable. I said one of the motivations for this podcast is that so many people suffer in silence, so let's have a conversation, right? Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you know, those, those conversa- that conversation with your parents you just relayed, yeah. that's, that's clearly been very special and helpful for your mental well-being. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, my... <laughs> going a bit deep here but you know my let's get deep there we go um like my my parents obviously weren't like they're you know they immigrated over from the philippines um and they you know they come from a very hard working kind of just get on with it kind of culture you know no time for emotions and that that kind of thing which is obviously where the lack of environment stemmed from um but to talk to my parents about you know their perspectives on me, how they feel I've grown up. It was the first time ever that I heard my mum and dad say that they were proud of me. You know, you, as a kid, you're, you're, you're craving that, you're wanting the approval. Then you never get it, so you're always wondering, oh, are, are they proud of me? Are they proud of what I've done? Um, but then just hearing those words in that moment, like I say, that's why it was so transformative for me. I could have, I could have failed module one. I could, my, a grade could have come back and it could have been a fail, and I would have been like, I would, I would still have been happy. Yeah. Because of that conversation I had, because it's done wonders for like my mental health in terms of being at peace with everything, you know. So, so yeah. Beautiful. Thanks, Thanks for sharing. That's okay. I'm glad we went deep. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a Radio 1 Charlie Sloth podcast, I could have just <laughs> pressed a button that says, let's go deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's continue burning that mic. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you talked about how, how important it was that your parents took notice of the situation. Uh, mm. And you had that con- conversation and how how it was amazing for your parents to tell you how proud they are of you. Um, One of the five ways to well-being is take notice. So it's like when you're able to, it says here like savour the moment. Savouring the moment can help you feel more positive about life. Um, So it might be taking notice of another person, a bit like you felt your parents did with you. Mm. Um, For me, it's like I love going hiking in the mountains. Um, and that is when I feel most at peace because uh, I feel disconnected from technology um, other than my phone that's playing music. So yeah, I'm not exactly off the grid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, understood. But how, how do you take notice? Like, how, do you, how do you make time for that? Yeah, interesting one. I think if you were to ask me six months ago, I would have rarely have said, yeah, I, you know, taking notice is something that's super important to me that I do frequently. Um, I think now that I'm, I'm able to kind of reflect in the moments 
of certain situations or reflect on um, certain certain challenges or issues. It's made me more aware of the the moment, you know. Um, when I think about like personal life, for example, every time I, I have alone time with with um, my daughter, which is just me and her, daddy daughter day. Mm. I'm literally reflecting as I look at her. I'm taking notice of everything she's doing. Um, and just doing that for like 30 seconds, it's, I don't know if it's, yeah, I mean, it probably is because, you know, she she's my daughter and I'm seeing her grow, but being able to focus on her in that moment and reflect on how far she's come it fills me with happiness, you know, a lot of happiness. Most of my resentments in life or, or, or my fears, they exist in, in the past or they exist in the future. But very, 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 very rarely do they exist in the present. Mm. You know, very rarely is there anything I'm immediately afraid of or immediately resentful of. There are times when I am anger full of anger and sometimes when I am full of fear. Yeah. But I share that because what you described in your relationship with your daughter in terms of feeling great when you take notice is that you are completely in the present mm-hmm. when you're with her and let's say anything that might cause worry and therefore stress maybe leads to anxiety Yeah, is completely absent from the situation and it, it sounds like your time with Lana is like the time when I'm hiking <laughs> yeah yeah I mean kind of it, it does get a bit crazy when she's <laughs> <laughs> going off on one um but yeah no I, it definitely um I mean don't get me wrong the anxiety comes after when I'm thinking oh you, you've grown so fast what the next five years gonna be like um but no certainly man um it's just being able to to be present in the moment, um, you know, it's it's indescribable, and I, that's just a personal kind of perspective on on taking notice. You know, um, at work, we link. You know, if we link it back to you know connecting, mm. you know, I take notice of <laughs> I take I took notice of your beef goulash recipe today. You know, <laughs> but it's those things that I think all of these you know these five ways of well being in, interconnect in some some way or fashion. Um, so yeah, it's yeah no, it's great. And the the finale then the number five is um, is give. Mm-hmm. So essentially linking altruism to positive mental well being. I would say that you're that you're very generous with your time. Um, in fact, you're very generous with other aspects too. But time is the one that stands out. Mm. Um, to the extent that actually, I think in your master's project, I suggested that you give your time too much. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. Don't, don't worry. It's, <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm doing something about it. I'm doing something about it. But if we went just on a general topic, like giving to others, you know, how does that help your mental well-being? Yeah, I mean, if if I'm reflecting back on like who I am as a person and the way I've been brought up, um, you know, my my mom and my mom and dad have always been the 
the the given kind of people you know they don't expect anything off of you but they'll give you whatever you need to succeed or be happy or whatever um and i think you know in the first module of the masters i i dived into what what my values were you know mm. um and a lot of it was around kind of like family being a value one of the core values of mine um the em empathy side etc um but in like the you know the exercise that i did in order to get to that stage of knowing what my values were um i asked people to you know describe me as a person using mm. the jahari window and most people um they they described me as happy and when i reflect on that i think okay why why is that um but then I also think about how my mom and dad have kind of raised me and how, and it might be, you know, there's, there's various factors that play into it. Like, you know, I, I was raised Catholic, for example, you know, um, there's, there's an element there of friendships being at the core of who I am, right? Going back to connecting. Um, and I guess I, you know, as a person, I want to see other people happy. If that means that I can give them my time, sure, of course. If that means I can give them, I don't know, some knowledge on something that might better their their life or whatever, of course. Um, it gives me a sense of, I guess, a sense of purpose in a way. Um, I don't ever feel like, you know, when I when I see people down. I feel like I'm emotionally intelligent enough to know or I can read, you know, how a person is in that kind of moment. Mm. And if I can sense that there's any kind of um, doubt or fear or whatever, they're obviously not happy. And it's like my innate feeling to <laughs> change that, to make them happy. Um, but I think that's why it's so important to me because, you know, we're when we're in a happy state, we're in a good mental health, uh, mental health well-being state. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, that's that's not always going to be the case. We, we, you know, we have ups and downs and whatnot. Um, but from my perspective, if I'm able to give that 1% that can help someone in whatever they're doing, um, it gives me a sense of purpose. Mm. Yeah. I like that you link it to purpose, to giving. And, um, you know, perhaps seeing yourself as a moral agent in society and, um, which we all are, and also looking at the Catholic roots about, mm. um, how that's driven you to want to give back to others. And perhaps that's been ingrained to you growing up. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I, f I think it's important, you know, for, for me, helping others or giving is just a lovely way to get out of my own head. Mm -hmm. It's such a, a break yeah. from the chaos of my own thinking, you know, um, whether it's buying someone a gift or mm -hmm. uh, doing this project to try and help some other people, right? To run a podcast series. Yeah. You know, let's try and help some other people with their 
mental well-being rather than worry about my own uh, yeah and uh you know that's why it's useful but you know i need i know you give eddie because you're a generous guy <laughs> when you come back from holiday always bringing good treats for the office oh you got to, that's mate. something i can i need to improve on <laughs> um you know I'll even admit my selfishness. I brought some chocolate back from Austria and it never made it to the office. I was going to say, I've not seen any chocolates from Austria. That's part of the Catholic roots, mate. I've got to do confession. <laughs> nice, I like that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, I just want to say it's been lovely to chat. I've, I've really Likewise. enjoyed spending time with you today. Yeah, uh, just do it again. <laughs> connecting with you. And, you know, I think this is, this, this, our chat hopefully will, will help at least another, another person and be of good use. Yeah, I'm hoping so too, man. And I, I have no doubt that it will, for sure. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, Eddie. Thanks for your time. No worries. Thank you, mate.